Hello and welcome to Is My Name's a Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who only uses crust toothpaste. Josh Hemo. It really gets that sparkle in my teeth, you know? Yeah, it's all the crust in it. It's <laughs> so this is our podcast where we brush our teeth every day, and we also watch Spongebob episode and discuss little life lessons we can learn from our spongy yellow friend. Um, as always, we're going to get started with some donation links. Josh. Go ahead and go first if you'd like. Yeah. So my donation link this week is for the Esperanza Dance Project. So this is an organization that I uh, was with back in high school, or it started in high school. Um, but uh, the director, Beth Braun, basically what she does is she has a group of high schoolers uh, and college students, all dancers, and then she travels around with them to different places in Tucson and the greater uh, like Tucson area and sometimes Phoenix. But the idea is that it's bringing awareness and curriculum to schools and to universities about uh, sexual assault and uh, sexual violence through dance and through uh, educational packets that she created by herself. She's a really great person. So if you get a chance to shoot some money over to them, uh, that'd be great. Awesome. And then this week I picked uh, the Peace House in D.C. Um, For those of you listening from the future. This is inauguration week, so I kind of went with that theme. Uh, it's a mutual aid uh, resource in D.C. And since inauguration happens in D.C., I figured it works out. But they uh, do a lot of mutual aid, uh, radical political education, abolition, stuff like that. Um, all the good stuff that I support. And you can Venmo them and give them some money so they can help uh, with their programs. Nice. Cool. So this week we're watching season five, episode 14, Black and Sponge and Mermaid Man versus SpongeBob. Act one, Black and Sponge. So in this act, SpongeBob is dreaming about being really, really buff and being a hero. And when he wakes up, he's like, oh, that was a great dream. And then decides to go about his morning routine and ends up accidentally giving himself a black eye from opening, of all things, his toothpaste. So he spends the rest of the episode full of himself and lying to everyone about how he got his black eye in a heroic way, just like in his dream. But uh, it turns out he just doesn't want to get laughed at for getting a black eye because of his toothpaste. So um, shenanigans ensue. To start us off, Josh, I want to ask, have you ever gotten a black eye? I have A real shiner. A real shiner. No, I haven't actually. Uh, And I've gotten like... Something close. I've got bruises like on my face and forth, just like fighting with my brothers or my brother and like I guess my sister too. We've like beat up each other or whatever, but never been like in a fight fight where you like actually get punched in the face and that. How about you? Yeah, where like it looks like real up. Yeah. We might have to edit this out. But did you ever get in like do you get in real fights with your brother or like were they like play fights? We've gotten in real fights before. But they're mostly like play fights, but sometimes they got pretty serious. Like we left bruises and yeah. like broke the skin a couple times. So yeah, yeah. Well, like uh, there's there's like there's a difference between like there's brother fighting where you're like fighting. Oh, my brother's always younger, so we've never had like actual fisticuffs. Yeah, but it's usually like it's play fighting that turns into a real fight because yeah. like someone hurts someone a little bit too much. Yeah, and then there's like. Actual like I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you. No, never, you we never got to that point where we like actually like beat the fuck out of you. It's always like if it ever gets to that point, we just like walk away kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think we've ever been that mad at each other. 
Yeah. But yeah. I've also never gotten a black eye because yeah. I'm a little baby. I have been hit in the face before. Uh, I got sucker punched in the seventh grade. <laughs> you, Zach. I don't even remember your last name. It wasn't was even. It? What he was punched it for? me for no reason. Uh-oh. He punched me for no reason. My he was a shorter kid. Yeah. My friend made some derogatory things about him being short. I wasn't even a part of the conversation. He turned around and he punched me. I think he thought I said it. No, you just and got then, one of those faces, one of those good punchable faces. <laughs> I guess so. It is. They. It's very supple. I've been <laughs> washing my face a lot more, so it's uh, it's nice and shiny and plump. <laughs> But that's so, have you ever for punching. seen people with a black guy? I feel like that's like a, an older trope. Like even growing up, yeah. like people would get in fights at school and all the time, you know. Um, but I don't remember actually ever really seeing anyone with a black guy. No, I've seen people like cuts on their faces and all this other stuff, and usually yeah. like skateboarding, like scrapes, but or like really gnarly bruises, but never like a very solid, like classic cartoon, like black eye. Yeah, I'm not super convinced that it happens as often as cartoons made us grow up to think i think it's like one of those things like quicksand where i was growing up to think that it happens a lot more often than it actually does yeah you ever see the very classic like put a steak on it yeah oh exactly oh you got in a fight son come over here and then they put a big piece of raw meat on your because you just have raw meat lying around in your refrigerator all the time speaking of, of buff people and fighting uh spongebob really really buff in this episode you look good I was really excited to watch this episode only because the thumbnail is Spongebob, like, really ripped. Yeah. And I like the character design. Yeah. It's really nice. It's, like, different than the whole anchor arms thing where he, like, his body's too small and his arms are so gigantic. But it really is, it was nice seeing it's real. Pretty real proportionate. Yeah. But what really cracked me up is, like, he still has this very Spongebob, like, hi-ya, like, yeah. high pitch voice. <laughs> I did. I did seen that. I did expect it to be a little deeper, you know, kind of yeah. like we had cousin Blackjack last week, who had a super deep voice, but it was not like that at all. But it was good. I liked it. He even had that whole kind of beginning dream sequence was kind of fun. But it brought up like a question: is like, where did this whole tying people to the railroad track situation develop from? Because did that actually happen in real life? Do you think people did that, or is it just like a stupid movie trope? That I don't know. I like. I could see people doing it. Yeah. Like as a form of murder like old-timey murder but i don't see how that like would be beneficial than just beating someone within the inch of their life I don't right know. or just shooting them i guess or stabbing them i feel like that's i don't know it just it's i've always seen it in movies and stuff and it's like thought it was so silly <laughs> so yeah. uh we should look that up um but i one thing i did look up was shiner because they i was like what the heck is why do they call it a shiner? But yeah. apparently it's because a black eye looks kind of shiny. Oh. I thought it was going to be something like more elaborate. That it was going to be like the back in the day, shiners used to be people who do this and they'd always have black eyes or something. I don't know. <laughs> one of us will have to get a black eye one of these times and test it out. We'll Just punch each other in the face and we'll both get black yeah, eyes. Yeah, we'll see how <laughs> see has a brighter shine. How do we feel about the... I really like the character design of like Jack M. Crazy Fish. Yeah. His like little green hat. And then they even mentioned it. They're like, oh, I always thought it was more of a teal. I like that like conversations like that where it's like, well, I think it's more of a mauve, like or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I thought but, I thought uh, it was cool. It looks cool. What I thought they did well in this episode, especially with Jack M and Crazy Fish, is what they didn't do well with Cousin Blackjack, where it's like at the end, every all these expectations that were built up for this character are blown out of the water because it's not actually how they are. But I liked how we get to Jack and Crazy Fish, especially with a name like that. And he's just like this mm-hmm. proper dude who just wanted a Krabby Patty. 
And like I liked I liked how they set that up. I thought that was really well done compared to what we had last week. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I'm glad you brought it up to to see the comparison of again like SpongeBob just making a big deal out of something that isn't a big deal. Yeah. And it's very classic for SpongeBob to have that storyline. Um and the reveal feels so much better in this yeah. one. It doesn't it doesn't it feel forced natural, or yeah. predictable. No, absolutely not. Yeah. It's more predictable to me that we would like while watching this episode that it would be, oh, everyone finds out that SpongeBob's lying. Yeah. Like via like I don't know, him confessing or something like that. But like the fact that this person comes into it, it has like the same like um vibe of when Flass is gonna beat him yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's like it's very classic to me. But one thing that was interesting for this act for me was I did not get a lot of small lessons. I got a couple. It was very like straightforward. Like mine was mine are like big three uh like main ones. One is if your dreams are that similar to real life, maybe you might be psychic. <laughs> so you should probably test that out. That's a good lesson. Uh, I like that one. The other the other two are a lot more practical uh-huh. is Keep your lies consistent, which I've used before. Definitely, you want to keep all your lies. If you're going to lie to multiple people, which SpongeBob does in this episode, he never tells the same story twice. No. Mm-mm. Which is really bad because if those people talk around you, they're going to know you're lying. And chances and are, if you're thing- telling lies to people, they are going to talk amongst each other. Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, especially in college, when people talk or some sort of lie and then be like, Go to another group of friends. I was like, oh, well, that's not what they told me because everyone's connected. It's a small fucking world. So, yeah, it, it does really feel like high school where it's like, well, so and so kissed this person. Well, I heard so and so did yeah. this. Well, then so and so's lying, you know? Um, the other thing was don't tell the truth so quickly. Like, he instantly saw Jack M. Crazy Fish and just like w- started just confessing. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're going to lie, maybe it's because I watched Search Party which is a great show, by the way. You should watch it. Um, if you're going to lie, you need to like double down, and you need to believe it. You need to believe it so much that like other people believe it because you believe it so much. That's true. That's and how you make it real, it, right? <laughs> you yeah. believe it so much. Again, like this doesn't mean that it's really great advice to go by, but if you are going to lie, you better do it right. Exactly. That's how I, that's how I deal with yeah. it. <laughs> um, I only got like, other than like, because I got the lie one too, and like... Uh, other ones are kind of small. The other one, only one I got was like, don't laugh at other people's pain, but if you do, don't do it in front of them. Like, uh, <laughs> Gary very kindly left the room before he could laugh at SpongeBob getting a black guy, which is that that was a good little gag. And then uh, just try to avoid toxic uh, masculinity because that's like all SpongeBob was this entire episode. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, I beat up this dude and blah, blah, blah. And he even yells like, woo, football. Like, it was clearly just like a whole <laughs> toxic, toxic masculinity thing. I was like, it's always good to avoid that as much as possible. What I thought was really interesting was the lie he told to Sandy. Is he makes this whole elaborate thing of how uh, you know how he like conquers and is all strong and stuff, but then he pokes his eye with the straw, and that's how he gets a black eye. So he wasn't embarrassed about accidentally hurting himself with the toothpaste, but to me, it's even more embarrassing that you stab yourself in your own eyeball with a straw that you can easily see coming. Yeah, right. That is just, out of all the stories, I think the one that he told Sandy, like the one he tells everyone at the Krusty Krab is super like far-fetched and whatever, but the one he told Sandy, I was just like, this is just nonsense. <laughs> it just feels like nonsense to me. Um, 
But like speaking of like him poking himself in the eye, like they do that so many times in this episode. And that is one of my biggest like I hate eye things. Like anytime anything gets stabbed in someone's eye, like anything like that, it's awful. And the fact that they do it like every two seconds in this episode, I was just like, I hate this. This is awful. It's disgusting. <laughs> you better hope you don't need contacts. I, I pray every day of my life because both my parents have need glasses and so i'm i know it's a matter of time and i know it's going to happen one day that i can't but like fatima does it too she used to do it all the time where she would like purposely like try to take her contact out in front of me it's like can stop please it's disgusting i can't uh just the idea of putting your finger in your eye makes me want to puke it's gross do you ever have those people in in like middle school and high school that would like literally like open their eye and they would just like yes yes (laughs) I, i i was always one, afraid to do that. And two, it's like, you're going to get an eye infection. That's how people get pink uh, eye, I think. It's, you know? <laughs> well, I can't even think about it. COVID. <laughs> Imagine, like, being in middle school in COVID and you have one of those weird kids who does that. And it's like, dude, you're going you're gonna to really get COVID that way. <laughs> one thing that I thought was interesting was Patrick being like, let's settle this like men. Yeah. We will sue him. And it's such an adult joke. And again, SpongeBob doing these adult jokes is is nice because another one that really like to me read like an adult joke is the cold sore on his lips. Mm-hmm. Like a ch- a child would never know like what that is supposed to mean. And to me, I'm like that's definitely like a reference to herpes. Yeah. Like, and I think it's <laughs> up. <laughs> SpongeBob is shaming this this fish <laughs> for having herpes. Uh. Just because, you know, Spongebob has this preconceived connotation about Jack M. Crazy Fish in his dreams. But I wonder now, like, where's Jack M. Crazy Fish been this entire time? What has he been doing? Like, why is he, like, was it a prophetic dream that he would come all the way across the land just to have Spongebob make him a Krabby Patty? I just want to know more about him. Yeah, let's get some backstory on him. That'd be nice. Or maybe it's just like... And he calls him Mr. Crazy Fish. Yeah. I, maybe it's and, it's one of those like another godlike power where he like thought about it so much that he manifested this dude out of nowhere. <laughs> he kept talking about him and talking about him, but he since made him real. SpongeBob can't create evil, he can only create good. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you brought it up as my intro with the whole crust thing, but I what was so funny to me is how much the like animator is like hit it over the head with a stupid f-ing joke with his toothpaste like clearly it's like a a gag with crest toothpaste right yeah. but the fact that they even zoom in on crust when they first introduced it, i was like we get it it's a f-ing joke i don't know why you had to like not hit it over the head like i get it and again that's not like a that's not a kid's joke no it's that's not. an adult joke yeah. it's not like you know like sandy being like oh these are sea cows and they're actually manatees which are you know synonymous or whatever or like cat stink in a barn, which like a kid can like figure out. Yeah. Or when he literally throws like a, uh, he gets a tire thrown at him. Like a lot of like cheesy like kids like, gags, like cartoony yeah. stuff. Kid gags, yeah. Or even that grandma over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> but the the crust, the cold sore, um, even the victory tankard, where he's like, it kind of looks like this Fourth of July yeah. like beer stein kind of yeah, situation. It's hundred percent was a beer stein. Yeah, like, I, I just don't get it. It was, this is a weird episode for me overall. I just didn't know if I hated it or I loved it. it, but it was a nice mix of, like, just silly. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was just over-the-top silly, which I don't mind. And I think that it, I have seen clips of this episode before, so I think a lot of other people like it, too. 
bubble break. Boop, boop, boop. All right. So this week's bubble break is based on Act 2. We're going to go with some superhero promotional ideas. So, Omar, if a superhero was to promote you, your brand, you know, you're an influencer. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what uh, superhero do you think would be uh, would best fit that? Okay, you're probably thinking, all of you are probably like, Superman, Batman, The Flash. No, I want to do Superman's dog, Crypto. Hey. As, <laughs> as my, uh, I'm pretty sure that's his name. Yeah, that, I think so. At least the cartoon was named Crypto, right? Wasn't there a cartoon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crypto the super dog. Because then, one, it's a dog. Bonus point. Yeah. Two, it can fly. Um, can't crypto talk? I I don't know. Don't remember, honestly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I I'm not comic book savvy enough, but I'm gonna assume crypto probably can communicate somehow. Yeah. Um at least you can tell crypto to do stuff and probably smarter than the average dog. So yeah, so then I'd be like, whatever product I'm selling, if I'm selling myself and be like well, I'm endorsed by a superhero dog who saves lives. You know, that's better than the pol- that's better than being endorsed endorsed by the NYPD or anyone else. Like that's true. You get you yeah. get the dog points from that, and everyone loves yeah. dogs. Yeah, because like people hate cops, but they still kind of have a soft spot for cop dogs, even yeah. though they hate cop dogs too. You know, because dogs don't know any better. Yeah, so that kind of helps too. So like if. If crypto ends up doing something like wrong in the future, she'd be like, oh, oh, this dog doesn't know any better. Just whatever Superman told him to do. So it's really Superman's fault. I like that. I like that. Marketing genius. Look at you, dude. <laughs> uh, so who do you have? Man, this is it's kind of tough. I guess when I pitched it, I thought I would have a better idea, but I don't know. I My, my, my first go-to thought without even thinking about it was, uh, was Deadpool. Just because I think of the chaos that he would ensue on any kind of branding, I think is the kind of like chaos I would enjoy. Just because he like there's there's no rhyme or reason to anything that dude does. So yeah. like I wouldn't know how he would promote the brand, but somehow he'd make it work and probably make it yeah. some sort of sexy, right? Deadpool kind of sexy sometimes. It's kind of like the same vein of branding that like a lot of like Trumpers and moderates would always like be excited about Trump that he'd be like, Oh, he just says it how it is. Yeah. You know? And it's that kind of like, like that kind of vibe where it's like Deadpool just does whatever the he wants. And that's what works. Yeah. And I feel like there's, there's a couple of like brand people. One person uh, jumps out to me is Meg Stalter. Meg Stalter's like comedy is very, very specific, but when she endorses something, uh, a lot of ba- uh, brands, according to her podcast, uh, they end up pulling their endorsements because they just don't get her brand. And it's like, do your research first. So then she comes back with like this really weird thing. And she's like, well, drink Coca-Cola. And she's just like outside of like a random truck stop. And you're like, why? <laughs> it just makes sense for what she does. Yeah. I, I feel like the chaotic like part of it is a. I think it, I, I'm probably out of my my leap my uh my box here, but I think it's a Gen Z thing, too, because yeah. I like watch a lot of like YouTubers who a lot of them are Gen Z, a lot of like YouTuber influencers are Gen Z, and so like and a lot of their branding is very chaotic, where they're just like doing jumping off the fucking wall and yelling and just doing crazy stuff, but it works. And they're it like buy like, my hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it seems to work for them, so that's kind of vibe I'm going for, you know. 
That sure works. We all can't mean, have a superhero dog. So. We'll just team up. We have a, a crypto versus Deadpool. And the Deadpool won't kill a dog because he'll just be like, this is cute. It's too and sweet. They'll be too friends. Cute. And then they team up and then we do a brand mashup. Love it. That's what we'll do. Killing it. Like, you know, like when Doritos and uh, Taco Bell work together. It'll be like that. Oh, perfect pairing. Act two. Mermaid Man versus SpongeBob. I don't know how I always get the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy <laughs> episodes <laughs> when we have to do these, but it always happens. Anyways, uh, Mr. Krabs, uh, with the help of SpongeBob, has convinced Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy to be their uh, kind of like brand uh, ambassadors. Ambassadors, yeah. And like support the Krusty Krab. Of course, Plankton uh, sees this and sees all the fame and support that Krusty Krab's getting and comes up with a plan to mind control Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. So some shenanigans happen, and uh, it turns out in the end, Plankton's plot is foiled, just as it always is, by the magic of the Krabby Patty. So, Omar, a very small part of the episode that uh, hit... Uh, home with me was when Plankton gets to play with the toys that are in the uh, kid, little kid's meal that he got. So I wanted to ask you, and I, I don't know if we've talked about it before. I feel like we've mentioned it, but I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite kid's meal toy that you've ever got? Oh, that would have to be the Pokemon toys from Burger King. Yeah. Like I go back, like, I think I still have it. Like the golden poly whirl, like in the Pokeball. Yeah. Like, that's not even, see, that's not even a good toy. You no, know what I'm saying? You they, can't but play they, with that. But something for it felt collectible, right? It was the same way with yeah. like the gold Pokemon cards. I think McDonald's had those ones, or was that was that awesome? No, I think it was Birking. Yeah, it was, it was it the same thing. But I was yeah. just like, there's something about these like living in this Pokemon time when it for like was so big in like 1999 or something like that, right? Where I'm yeah. like, I want this. I need to keep this. Like every other toy, yeah. feels like a toy plastic and it's just crap and then it just falls apart or whatever yeah right like no other collectible toy to me has ever felt like a collectible yeah i didn't i didn't want all of like freaking treasure planet plastic toys like it was a great movie but i didn't want it but like i did want all those gold those like metal heaviest gold pokemon cards they're cool like, they, they were felt so cool, real though. yeah they felt real, even if it was like spray painted gold or whatever the fuck it was. Like it felt like heavy and like well thought out. Yeah, and, and it's, nicely it made. was cool to get in like a kids meal kind of thing, you know, mm. where I'm just like I'm getting this cheap meal, but I'm getting this cool fucking gold Charizard card in this Pokeball. Yeah, the second one is also a Pokemon one. I think it was a children's toy. Was uh the like the kind of little tops where you like spin yeah. them, like they were Pokemon. I'm pretty sure that was a, a like a a meal toy kind of. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I saw a TikTok not too long ago that was uh showing them off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are like, like when you said kids meal toy, I did not think of any other kids. Like nothing came to mind except for that. Those one. are so iconic. Those are so iconic because those are one of the first one I thought of. Um, I think there's only like two others that come to mind that I remember, and I think so McDonald's used to have these like little games that came in it, like electronic games like that were uh based on Sega. So you can like play a level of uh Sonic and just like have like little Sonic game and they had one for Mario and another one like that. And those were super cool. I love those. Those are great. Um, I mentioned it before, but I think Taco Bell did a floppy disk thing. Yeah where they... I got our game. 
a computer game. Well, these were like I little, remember that. These that were one like was pretty good. Little too. handheld things that like had keychains. They like, could put it on your keychain. You could just like play them. I think it was supposed to be. It came out around the same time like the Game Boy and stuff did. So they're just like kind mm. of play off that. And those were a lot of fun. And I also used to collect when they were out. Uh, because I'm like younger, I was much more of a bigger Disney fan than I am now. I still love Disney, but not to the extent I did when I was younger. Um, yeah. But they had like these like Disney heads of like every, all these different characters are like super fluffy that were like keychains and stuff. And mm-hmm. I used to collect those and like have them on like a bag or something like that when I was younger. But yeah, but it's it always comes to those gold Pokemon cards every time I can't. They just they look too cool. Yeah. Speaking of like too cool, let's talk about the uh, Krusty Kids meal because that was actually pretty sweet. I like how they uh, they adapted it because this is the first time we mm-hmm. actually see like a we know that they have kids meal, but it's like mentioned by name and like specifically like the items. So they have like the pipsqueak patty, the small mm-hmm. fries, which I love the small fry, like little pun in that. And then like a cold juice product. It wasn't soda, which I'm glad that they did because that's something that like it took a while for a lot of fast food restaurants to get onto, but like having juice instead of like soda was always a good option. It is a good option, but I'm always team French fries. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they I had know. that stuffy apple slices, that yeah. was the biggest bullshit ever. No one's going to get apple slices. The caramel slices. was good. Okay. The caramel was good. <laughs> but the apples always tasted like way too like sour. It's always like the, it's like the cafeteria apples. You know, like, no one wants that shit. But I, I do think it's nice too because um, I just looked it up just to double check. But we have seen the pits the pipsqueak patty before. Oh, okay. And it it was in a Barnacle Boy and Mermaid Man episode, so oh. it's kind of <laughs> like a callback to another uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episode, which they did also. <laughs> they did another callback at the beginning of this episode. So in the commercial for the uh, Christy Kids meal, when they were like taken hostage by uh, Man Ray. And he like he's tickling them like I'm pretty sure that's a, that has to be a throwback to the belt that they had on him right the tickle belt. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever been tickled so you peed? No, never. Have you? No, but I've, I mean I've gotten close. Yeah, but I feel like that is such that is real torture. I feel you know <laughs> that's like so bad. Like I can't imagine being tickled that much that I peed. Like I've been tickled enough where it hurts. Yeah, but. T- Till till peeing, I think it, I, I never. I'm a tickle because I I used to have a girlfriend who was like super ticklish, and I would purposely tickle her until she would like cry, like not not like not like bad, not in a bad way, but she just like wow, that's so. <laughs> but I'm I just gonna, I'm gonna have to edit that out. Yeah, Josh. I guess so, but not like crying like a bad way. It was just like when you know you tear up when you're like laughing so much, but I was like I couldn't help it, and she's like I can't believe you tickle me all the time. I'm just like I just. I can't help like it's just like I don't know when you figure out that someone's ticklish it's like one of those like human things where you're just like I have to take advantage of this yeah it's like a don't don't push that button scenario yeah kind of situation yeah now I trust you I'm sure I'm sure it was a, a playful fun flirty tickling um not a let's call CPS your did you know that's actual thing tickle torture um if you tickle your your kid too much it you can get called uh, CPS on you Interesting. I did not know that, yeah. but I'm it's, not surprised it's, by that. It's a thing. Tickle torture in general is a whole torture. is a whole thing. Like I'm gonna go off on the side tangent for a second. My roommate uh was just showing me random documentaries he had seen, but there's one called mm-hmm. Tickled, and I had never seen it before. But it's about like this whole conspiracy about this dude who set up 
tickling torture tick or tickle torture rings and made it like convince people it was like a wrestling thing and would sell it as like porn to people. But it, mm. it's actually a really good, really well done documentary. And they like chase this dude down and he like denies it. But it's a whole like inside ring that like uh, extends all the way back to like parts of China and like other countries and stuff. It's wild. It was a wild documentary, but that's a, my uh, side tangent, but tickled. Check it out if you want. It's, it's a good documentary. <laughs> nice. One thing I want to bring up is when uh, Plankton comes in and pretends to be a traveling salesman. He looks dapper as f- in that little suit that he yeah. had. Yeah. He, I like his little like uh, Mad Men-esque <laughs> yeah. look that he had. But I do like his alliteration, his Professor Plankton's personal product. I did. His PPPP. <laughs> yeah. His, I thought it was going to be like just PP, but then it ended up being quadruple P. Yeah. I feel like there was a missed opportunity there. Yeah. But I do. I, the, it was like pretty gross when he's like, hey, you have dandruff because he was trying to fool, fool them, but he just had really bad dandruff. But as someone who suffers from dandruff, I was like, I feel attacked. Yeah. I feel attacked that I, I can't control this. You're making fun of me. Dandruff, so, dandruff is just awful. I hate it. I hate having it. And it, became so much worse as soon as I moved to the East Coast and my <laughs> life is just a misery every day. <laughs> I want to put this out there because I have really strong beef because my entire life, I'm like, oh, I have dandruff. The first f-ing thing people say, which is always so stupid, is, have you tried Head & Shoulders? No, I have not tried <laughs> the number one dandruff shampoo uh, brand recognition in America. I have never tried that. I didn't even know it existed. I've been using... Herbal essences or some shit. No, yes, I've tried head and shoulders, you idiot. <laughs> so if you're in the comments and you're like, have you tried head and shoulders? You. Yes, I have it in my bathroom as we speak. And it doesn't work. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Actually, the only dandruff shampoo I ever got that worked was like, they sell it. It's like the clinical brand stuff, but it smells so bad that I'm like, why? I don't shampoo. I'm not going to shampoo my hair. That's something that smells like it's like. A cleaning product, like not even a cleaning product, it smells like something you smell like at a hair salon. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did like dandruff, the dandruff shampoo, or it wasn't even dandruff shampoo, it was the mind control shampoo. It was like two in one, basically, because he's like, it has conditioner in it. So I was like, funny that he had this whole two in one solution, which I know Fatima has a big deal about having two in one. It is very classic that a lot of cis straight men have three in one or two in one products. When they should be taking care, better care of their hair. That's Fatima's stance on it, basically, in a nutshell. She would probably go in more intensely. <laughs> but once they switched over to mind control mode, got nuts. Yeah. It's really, I think it's one of the small lessons, a few small lessons I got out of this, is the mind really limits you in a lot of ways. So try to, like, break out of those limits. Because if you think about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, they're old. They're really fucking old. And they just destroy the old folks' home and so many other people. Um, so much for SpongeBob to say, oh, it's the spine blaster. I haven't seen this like since episode 647. Yeah. He busts out a move that like all the other stuff we've seen him do, he's like water ball, and he throws like this little like ball of water at people and it like splashes you in the face. It's just annoying. And all the other stuff that like they've ever done has seemed so whatever tamed or yeah, non-violent, I mean, basically. Yeah, 
creatures of the deep come assemble yeah. and it's just like old but the, people this spine buster was literally that scene from yeah. the avengers movie where the hulk is like smashing loki around i was like yeah. this is exactly what that is yeah and then he like um i have it in my notes that he just spits on the burger yeah if i remember correctly he's just like so angry he just spits on the burger it is it's crazy so don't let your mind limit you you gotta you gotta push it break out of that um the only other small i only got not very many small lessons for this uh we already talked about taking care of your dandruff so if you have dandruff yeah take care of it um but maybe you should try head and shoulders yeah maybe you should try head and shoulders it might help god (laughs) um the other one i got is like advertise wisely um because this whole thing that with the uh Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy promotion like really worked for them. And you know what's crazy is it works in real life too. The Travis Scott burger was not a good burger. It was not, it was just basically a cheeseburger. It wasn't great. But like McDonald's got so many people in from that. And the same thing with like the Szechuan sauce. Like, do you remember that Szechuan sauce craziness that happened like a couple of years ago? Yeah. That like was it, that in 2021 or was that in 2020? I mean, was that in 2019 or was that in 2018? Wasn't it? Because that's that's an older episode of oh no I don't wasn't an older episode of Rick and Morty. Let me find out. Okay, twenty seventeen. That was okay, even longer than I thought. But still, like how people go crazy over promotions and stuff like that, and like not too long ago, same thing with the chicken sandwich from Popeyes. People were losing their mind over that over a simple chicken sandwich, what I heard isn't even that good. So it's it's (laughs) it's it's all about how you use that promotion and the advertisement that gets in and stuff, you know, even if it is for just a basic cheeseburger. <laughs> I also had a small lesson kind of like that, that marketing is a two way street that your marketing people can be used for good and evil. So just how I like was joking around with crypto, the crime dog, or like crypto, the super dog, yeah. or whatever, that if he does something bad, that there's not, there's not going to be a lot of backlash, but like you can have someone who you thought was going to be really good as your spokesperson and then they it all up by saying something stupid. Yeah. Like like for example, most recently uh Bruce Willis, the new Die Hard movie's coming out and he got called out because he was in a store and he I think he yelled at a woman because he wasn't wearing a mask and they were like you need to wear a mask and he's like no. So your movie's literally about to come out in like a week or something and then you just talk a lot of trash. I didn't, you just didn't realize that Bruce Willis was an anti-masker. Yeah, well, now I'm not gonna watch that movie. If, I don't want to watch that movie well, now. A lot of people are who probably were gonna watch it, probably aren't, and then there's probably a good amount that are still gonna watch it anyways because it probably aligns with their values. Yeah, because I think I think Die Hard probably has a Republican circle. I, I hard to uh hard to not believe that. <laughs> I can see that happen. Um, but there, I wanted to talk about um some of the like disgusting close-ups in this episode. <laughs> Because we haven't had any in a while, I feel like. It's been a bit. Um, and I feel like they do it a lot with Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. And they speci- specifically did this. But my favorite that they did was, like, the bra. And, like, <laughs> Mermaid Man's, like, sag tits in this bra. I was like, this is great. It is very rough. Uh, I was going to mention that, too. But I, I do. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, speaking of outfits, how do you feel about SpongeBob's uh, Fry Boy Defender of the Krabby Patty outfit? That was good. I liked it. I mean, and his outfit before that too, when he his little uniform that he had at the Krusty Krab yeah. was also an, another good close up that they had for this one. I thought was very good. But I really liked Fry Boy. I wish that Fry Boy 
was more of a thing and wasn't this is the first time I've ever heard of it, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I wish that this was a, a canon thing that happened more often. Yeah, hopefully in the future, maybe it will turn your mind around on these Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episodes. Uh, maybe this one was actually wasn't too bad. I, I kind of like this. one. It was fun. Um, I always enjoy knowing like seeing Plankton's little plots and stuff like this. Because, like, even from the beginning, I knew this is doomed to fail. Like, freaking Karen brings in this, like, Crested Kids meal. I was like, why didn't he just have Karen always just go get him just a burger? Like, if she can go order this meal, why can't she just go order a burger for him? Yeah. And I wonder how Karen and Mr. Krabs' rapport is. Do you think, like, she comes over and she's like, I know Plankton steals all the time, but I really want him to get the meal. Just don't put the pipsqueak patty in there and I'll just take the rest they of it. They gotta them. be friends. I imagine that they're probably friends and they like they probably talk together. You know, if Karen needs a, you know someone to talk fit with about Plankton, she's gonna go to Mr. Krabs. Time for the Wumbo lesson of the week. Wumbo lesson. Wumbo lesson. Uh, I hope you have a big superhero powered uh, Wumbo lesson this week. Oh yeah, it's super Super big. I kind of already mentioned it in the in the in the episode, but it's okay. And it's fine. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, so for my Wumbo lesson, I have your brand can make you or break you. Nice. It's a very a millennial like marketing capitalist uh Wumbo lesson. Yeah, but it's it's true. Yeah. Um, it really is with the age of social media, which all of us know, but some of the boomers may not know it. Being online really is a brand. So much so that like there's people who create fake Instagrams so that way they can have like their personal Instagrams for just their friends, their business Instagrams. I know I have two separate Instagrams. Like I have one for for business and then I have one for like people that I know specifically. And so much so that like if I don't if I haven't had a conversation with you face to face at least twice on like in real life, I do not add you onto my like personal Instagram. Also, like my friends' businesses, I don't add them on my personal Instagram. I add them on my my business one. Like I have a friend who's been a news reporter. Hopefully, she doesn't hear this because I doubt she listens to our podcast. But she's a news reporter. She always tries to follow me on my personal Instagram, and I'm like, no, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So for Act One, it really is like SpongeBob is trying to work on his brand of being like a tough guy. Yeah. And it it backfires on him because obviously that's not how he is. And he ends up confessing and showing everyone that he hurt himself by stabbing himself in the eye with a wrench, which is still pretty. That's pretty. pretty, pretty again, again, I think that's <laughs> more tough than him like stabbing his eye in a straw or getting like tears in his eye, honestly. Yeah, exactly. But he could have just been straight up and been like, I hurt myself with toothpaste, but I accidentally hurt myself by hitting myself with a wrench. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second one, it's a little bit more obvious. It's like having Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy be like your representation. And then they start acting out and going crazy. So it's like it flips their image completely. And I think that in real life, you can do that all the time is, oh, if I'm going to be like this friendly person, what you post online reflects on your personality. And like I even talk about it with my parents because like I'll post very leftist communist stuff. And they're like, you don't have a problem with people like, thinking you're combative and i'm like no like this is what i believe and if i believe in it that much if people want to come talk to me about it i should be willing to say something about it yeah and i think that when you post on social media a lot of times we don't really think about it we just kind of like post it and we think okay whatever and 
like with the the whole blackout thing with, with during Black Lives Matter, people just kind of just posted. And I think if you think really critically about some of those moments, um, you it it very quickly a lot of like organizations were like you've kind of just ruined the hashtag for us. You kind of like screwed us all over. Yeah. So I think that's a good lesson. It can work on like a it can work from person to person, but also on a bigger brand. Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good lesson, especially in 2020 because that's one of the biggest things i saw in 2020 is because we were all kind of locked in you know not really able to interact other than with social media is the way people posted like really kind of showed how like engaged and stuff they were with like that like you mentioned the blackout posts but also like what people were sharing on their stories or on their actual instagrams and facebooks and stuff was like more telling about how engaged they were if they were just posting the same like regurgitated Twitter post over and over and over and over again. I'm like, all right, you're not really engaging. Or if you're actually posting useful information and stuff like that, like, like we had to rebrand, we started to do rebrand the stuff with our, even with our podcast a little bit. I mean, our yeah. branding's all over the place with our promos and stuff. But <laughs> when we, when it came, we decided to try to promote like what was actually useful during that time. We weren't like promoting like, oh yeah, cops are awful and they can suck. But we we're like, look at these donation links that you can actually take action and do stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I'll do that on my personal Instagram. Yeah. And then I'll say it in the podcast. But if I have a small platform that is the podcast Instagram, I would prefer that we post donation links and other things like that. So those are useful things that we're actually yeah. going to make useful change in the world, not just reading like, a, again, the same regurgitated yeah. stuff that all my friends are already going to be in agreement with. So I don't know why yeah. I'm posting this all over it again. You know, at least that's how it's been yeah. like, how, like mindset for that kind of stuff. So. That was good. It also shows it also shows when people don't post stuff. Yeah. Like when people are being quiet the entire time, they never once have said anything or posted anything. Or they post a really sexy selfie and then they're like, think about the the black children. And it's like, okay, but what, what does that have to do? What's the message here? I don't really understand what you're yeah. doing here. And, yeah. And I do get it when celebrities do it, like, here's a picture of my boobs. Haha, ha, you read the caption and now you get to read something that's actually important. But I feel like on a normal day to day level. It's not. You can't be doing yeah, that with your, your thirst traps aren't working your, that way. Your thirst traps. Your friend from high school who's putting thirst traps and then writing about, you know, uh, Syria and how people are getting bombed isn't. <laughs> Is it, it doesn't seem very cohesive. genuine. Yeah, that's good. That's a good lesson. Thank you. What did you get? Um. All right. <clears throat> so my lesson is uh, put thought and time into your actions. You know, to actually help them make them flesh out more. Um, and so in the first part with that, I think we touched on it a little bit with how SpongeBob didn't have consistent stories. So if you really mm -hmm. wanted to go into this whole day disguising or lying about this black guy, like you should have put thought and time into like making this story consistent, um, starting with Patrick and being like, all right, I just got beat up and just went with that instead of having to go grander and grander with it. And the second uh, part is with Plankton. He had this giant plan. He had mind control shampoo for them but he didn't by the time he got people into the chum bucket he didn't even have food ready for them so like what was his plan all along he didn't put any like time or thought into these plans and um i think i see it a he lot. even says it he just does he it. even says it too he's, he's like, like i didn't even he think i'd get this far yeah <laughs> i mean he does able to bust out some chummy joes but they look like the most disgusting thing i've ever seen in my life so um <laughs> but I, I i see it a lot with people and i think i see it more especially now because people are bored. They're like, I'm going to jump into this and like make it happen and whatever. But you don't put time and thought into it. I think then you, a lot of times things fall short or those projects fall short or whatever. You know, I think 
actually you're pretty good you're really good about like over no i wouldn't say overthinking i think you always say that you overthink things but i think that you put the <laughs> right amount of thought into stuff where you're actually you do plan out your action so if you do make like a huge purchase like you just bought a camera but you've planned out mm -hmm. like all right i have these months i have this money to do it i have these projects i need to set up so like that thought process, I think, is the way to approach something new or a big change in your life. Where a lot of people, I or think, or even even with getting a dog, yeah. I, like that's been a decision. Like working three to four years in the making. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm gonna get pet insurance. I'm gonna get this dog. We're gonna do a rescue, et cetera, et cetera. We need to train the dog. Well, like, it's got to be a small dog so we can travel with it. Like things like that. And I think that's a. I think the dog is a better example because i think a lot of people got covid pets and mm -hmm. then i keep hearing or seeing people when they're interacting with their pets or it's like especially people that got cats they're just like i can't deal with my cat it's just a brat all the time i'm just like well you sh maybe you shouldn't have gotten a cat then like i don't know <laughs> it's get just, a hamster or a fish yeah it's something small I, I i get why people are like i get the impulse of being lonely and wanting to get something like that but again if you're not planning and thinking ahead and like thinking through the entire plan, it does kind of backfire on you with that, you know? Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully those big lessons can help you out. Um, so work on your brandings. So that way when I, when I see you on Instagram, I go, Hey, I'm going to follow you. Yeah. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Damn, or Twitter. How do you like that? That, that was sweet. <laughs> um, you can send us um, some suggestions, comments, anything on ismazepodcast.com or email us at ismazepodcast at gmail.com. And of course, be sure to share with your friends and your enemies. And Josh, I just want to let you know that I'm going to go to bed. And you know what I'm going to do? What? Dream about a 30-foot librarian. <laughs>